Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matt. That's Griffin. Mm -hmm. That's Ethan. Hey. Those ideas don't bleed. Mm -hmm. We're a podcast presented presented by Ash. No, we don't do that. We don't do the presented by. It sounds stupid. It sounds stupid. Good for branding. It's uh, Mm -hmm. but that's uh, branding is bad for brains. It's stupid. I hate it. Oh, you're talking about synergy. Yes, sir. We're we're a podcast. Mm -hmm. that's important that we say in case people are listening and are like i don't know what this is it's a podcast we say that it's about comic books usually i found this on the side of the road what is this it's a podcast thanks for tuning in thanks for tuning in i found the the cassette of this what what is it is this a song is this a really bad song this this is like a it's experimental music thank you very much okay it's a podcast about comic books Mm mm-hmm I want to add something. I feel empty to just be like it's a podcast about comics, but it's really not about and anything creativity else. and oh, uh, being a genius, specifically uh-huh. R- Rosenberg. I'm a gen- I'm the genius here. It's your show. <laughs> that doesn't feel good. First of all, it's our show. It's all our show. <laughs> like you are as much to blame for this, if not more than I am. That's fair. But the one thing our podcast has, which is is going for it, which I think is good. Besides mm-hmm. you guys, which are you guys are excellent, as I I don't and, tell and you this, enough. This awesome opener right here, this like you know what, don't killer. we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. See, this is why you got to do the scripted thing with the Ashcan Press and all that. Because is that better? Yeah, when you go off formula, off and now we're just yeah. like, where are I, we? I don't even I, we're know. Fucking we're fucking off-roading right now. I feel like yeah. this is like I feel like I'm doing improv and it's good, and you are not yes and guys i feel like you were not giving me enough to work with we're but. producers so we're we're no budding you we're musicians <laughs> aren't we? Sure. Shouldn't we be we need to yeah. add music we're, and if there's not going to be like mm-hmm. in post we shouldn't do it right now yeah podcasting no. is a lot like jazz choo, choo, you know choo, choo, like choo, one choo, guy choo, just choo. like starts doing something and then the other guy and then the other one goes please okay. you gotta stop the guys are like this is yeah. bad <laughs> this is bad we'll just react and really yeah we'll do like this is sun raw approach like just matt who's this other voice in the room well that's what's going on that's what we're gonna get to I, the one thing we have that we like is that uh-huh. we get the best guests from comics mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. today is no exception oh, we're joined sucks. by the wonderful the one and only philip kennedy johnson is here oh, hey guys that's super kind of you to say we gave you Welcome. a little we gave you a little tease by talking about the music there because you know you're, you're a musician as well as mm-hmm. a as well as a comic book writer so that's, that's true. A, you're a multitasker well, you too, right? Like you came from music. Uh, yeah, but I don't actually have talent. Oh, <laughs> like I, I did everything in music that involved no talent. I can't actually like I can play drums and bass in a way that is embarrassing, but like I have no skill. Whereas you're actually good at instruments. How many instruments you, do you play? Speaking to you, speaking to you about music, I get the impression you know a lot about music and that in itself is also important sure sure you need people like that who know a lot about what's like who have their finger on the pulse and know what's happening probably honestly in a way that that i don't really talk to like like well, music you... school kind of like academia kind of musicians who went to school for like orchestral instruments or to mm-hmm. 
you know, the, you know, a lot of the musicians that I know who have, who are the most, who have the most exposure don't read music oh, or, yeah, don't, yeah. or don't know fucking anything about it yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways, except for the specific thing that they do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I know tons of people who have this crazy, this encyclopedic knowledge of, of, of music history and music theory and all this stuff. And that, but they, you know, they play in an orchestra or a specific kind of like mm-hmm. a military band or a chamber group or that kind of thing. So it's, it's funny all the different pockets that exist in music. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's probably true in a lot of the arts. I, you know, you meet a lot of people who are like uh, in comics, like a brilliant artist, but then you're just like, they don't know how publishing works. They don't know how their books are made. They don't know. Yeah, or anything about fine art necessarily. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, you know, it's just all about like the thing that they do. And even within comics, you go to like the, you go to the, um, the Eisners and you go to the, um, the Ignats. Yeah. And it's like, is this the same medium? I mean, it yeah, is, yeah. but man, sure. it's such, they're doing such different things. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent that it, I'm always fascinated by that because I, uh, I feel like I came from, you know, my parents sort of encouraged me from a very young age to have like well-rounded artistic tastes to be like, mm. don't just like a thing, like, you know, like all sorts of things. And I'm always fascinated because I, I, I guess I sort of took that to be the norm in a lot of ways and getting into comics. I'm always fascinated when people are like, I like comics and they mean Marvel comics or they mean DC right. comics. And it, you know, you can talk to them and you're just like, Oh, I was reading this, you know, fanographics book. And it's just like, so far from what they're into and i always yep. found that strange and then i was like well that's true of anything like the people who are going to see a transformers movie are probably not going to the godard retrospective at film forum like they're not that those things don't necessarily touch but to me it all like uh it's a it's a well you want a well-rounded meal which is ironic because i actually don't like to eat a well-rounded meal except <laughs> You know, I like it uh, artistically, but not uh, dietically. That's not a word, but whatever. You know, if that makes that sense. That said, though, the, I would love to meet the person who's like just really into those two things, Transformers and, and Goddard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the you know, I think the I think that they're out there. I believe in them. I they're I, like I know. All right, I know guys. Like that. Yeah, double feature. <laughs> Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I'm starting Dude, to there's, a, there's a guy like that. There's a guy named, named Steve Beach who's been doing my. I, I worked with Steve Beach for a long time. Um, uh-huh. One day, finding that dude will be my legacy. <laughs> like, it'd be the only thing about me that anyone ever cares about because Steve is a straight up genius. Mm-hmm. He um, he went to SCAD <clears throat> and um, we did a webcomic together, like a full 110 page thing that's all on my website even now. Wow. And And it looks incredibly legit. Like it's yeah. just so it's all black and white. It's like a, I wanted to do a webcomic. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to be extremely legit, but I also didn't want to pay for a colorist. And I was <laughs> like, well, fair. I don't want it. I don't want it to be just the cheap version of the thing it should be. So I need to write a story that should be in black and white. I, I came up with this period horror thing called um, the lost boys of the U-boat Bremen. And mm-hmm. this guy had this really illustratorly style. Something that looked like it would fit with, I mean, like the the EC Warren Publishing guys, like um, you know, whatever Wallywood, Bernie Wrightson, like those those true, like Frazetta, like those true sure. illustrator style guys, but also like Howard Pyle, like somebody who did the old you know book illustrations. Yeah, yeah. Um, his stuff is right out of that tradition, um, and he has an unbelievably deep knowledge of of art, uh-huh. like a, of fine art and comic art, 
of comics themselves, but also of metal music, of horror mm-hmm. films, of all yeah. kinds of all kinds of shit. And some of them you could see the Venn diagram of how they would go together, but other things not so much. He just knows so much. Brilliant guy. I love that. And film. he um he's also afraid of the internet and he's not online very much. <laughs> Um, for good reason man (laughs) he doesn't have any kind of he doesn't have any kind of presence online so he's been hard to find um he doesn't he doesn't sell his work to anyone but me and he tries to give it to me (laughs) um he doesn't give a shit about being rich about making money at all really or about any kind of exposure he doesn't like doing signings never does conventions he just sits in his house and draws what i tell him to draw basically (laughs) and he he, um, I mean, he credits me with that he has a career at all just because we, we did our first book together and said, now he's doing covers for action comics, among other things. Uh-huh. But the only work he gets is when I when I make people look at him, like, look at this guy, he's a genius. And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit, you're right. And then he gets work. Yeah, it's, um, ama- it's amazing. I, I always think about, like, there's the sort of, like, outsider artist Henry Darger who was, like, uh, you know, he worked in a church in, in, in his town and, and like, was just a quiet man and sort of a loner. Mm-hmm. And when he died, they went to his house and he'd done like a 14,000 page opus about this fantasy war and like illustrated it. And his art is just like this amazing, beautiful oh thing. God. And it's all What's about Henry Darger. He's, uh, it's upsetting guys... stuff. It's D-A-R-G-E-R. It's very upsetting okay. stuff. It's a, it's a lot about like um, children, like nude children fighting like that they're the sort of force of good it's very there's a lot of like i don't want to i don't want to say it's creepy in ways but it is kind of creepy in ways but it's it's this beautiful but it, it it's this amazing look into a mind that you don't get that's sort of like singular and focused but also private it was for him he never tried to get anyone to publish it he never took and now he's like this celebrated figure in sort of outsider art circles and like uh, you know, you can buy like art books of all his stuff and like recounting the story, but he's uh, he he just was this myopically obsessed with like just making things and not trying to put them out into the world and not trying to be commercial or anything. And I think there's like there's something just so beautiful about that. And it's so far from what we do a lot. You know, we're commercial right. artists that it, it yeah. It really, it really is like utopian to me to think about that kind of stuff. Um, but I want to go well, back because we always start with a question, but we already started, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Which is, you know, it's sort of a, how did you get your start? But like, it's a little broader than that. And and the question is why comics? What is it about comics that sort of brought you in and, and why do you make them? Um, part of it is the loyalty to the medium and, and that taught me how to read. I mean, I, I, I mean, the earliest art and the earliest stories I fell in love with were from comics, um, and I just passionately loved them as a kid. I just loved the medium. And the, my my dad was always telling me. My dad's super intense, like a legit crazy person. And he uh, he always talked about comics. Like he said, he he always kind of boasted that he taught himself to read from comic books. Mm-hmm. And so he was always bringing me home these boxes of old ripped up stuff from garage sales or um you know flea markets and things they you know a giant like a long box he bought for a couple of bucks or something and um but i became fascinated with the medium in a way that he never did to him it was his trash just to to teach me like a tool to be used to mm-hmm. learn, teach me how to read very young by the time i got to kindergarten i was like i was reading like very very well um just because i was always pouring over comic books uh-huh 
um, but I just never let him go. And yeah. and he uh, to him he he was always like, oh, what do you fucking care about this stuff for? Like he's yeah, he had these really really unusual parenting methods. Um, like I I didn't have I wasn't allowed to have toys for for a while, and uh-huh. um, like I was allowed to have to build things or to read. And he would read he would read to me all the time, but he wasn't reading me like you know Curious George. He was reading like Macbeth. Or, uh-huh. You know, like the, Tom Sawyer, or, the great, like, the great children's book. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, I, I was getting like real shit right from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm sure I didn't understand most of it. Yeah, that's just how he wanted to do things. Yeah. Um, so to him, like he kind of regretted ever getting me into comics at all because <laughs> huh. I liked it and I wanted to do more of it. And I, I really liked the superhero stuff. There was also a big, a big pile of like cartoony things. Like uh, the the forerunners to Ducktales, like the the Beagle Boy stuff and mm-hmm. Scrooge McDuck and Huey Dewey and Louie and all those. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, I loved all that stuff. But as far as making, I mean, I made my own stuff back then. I would I would um, I would copy Garfield strips or hear uh, superhero things, and I would make some of my own as well. I made my own stories. Mm-hmm. And then later, I kind of <clears throat> didn't give it up exactly, but I just kind of drifted towards music. By the time I was about to start, um, like to figure out what I was going to do for college, I just kind of identified more as a trumpet player than I did as a um, as, as a comics guy. I still drew sometimes, but mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't like I was out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't really have I didn't have a comic shop. I'd never been in a comic shop ever. Wow. Um, is that had, is that still true? Have you never been in one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They're cool. You should check them out. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah, my, I saw my first comic shop in in college. Like no joke. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. and, wow. and even then it was like by accident it was like down the street from the music building <laughs> um i would back then of course you could get stuff like on the spinner rack you get it like you know target or walmart or sure. drugstore so i got a few that way but mostly i just had that really really old stuff that i got from like junk from people's houses yeah, yeah. um anyway the reason i do it now though is because i had a younger brother and he's he's an artist mm-hmm. um and i mean he did trumpet and and art as well like i did Mm-hmm. And uh, but he went the other way. He wanted to be a comic artist, and so he kind of went on um, with college. He was doing like community college and not setting the world on fire. He was doing okay, but he didn't really like it. And he just he wanted to just he wanted to go to art school, and he had no idea how to get started. He didn't know how comics were made. He he was just a, he was just stuck out in the country like I was. By that time, I already had a job um, playing trumpet with a military band in D.C., mm-hmm. where I am now still Washington D.C. That is, yeah, and um, he. We were talking one night on the phone, and he just kind of, he just kind of shook his fists and cursed the gods. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I don't know shit about shit, and I just yeah. I want to do comics. I don't know how to get started, and I really felt for him. I, and I just wanted to help him. So I was like, you just just come move in with me. We'll figure it out. Like, uh-huh. just just get out of school. You're not, you know, not digging it, not loving it, not doing that great anyway. Just get out of there. Mm-hmm. Come up here. We'll um we'll find a store. We'll go to conventions. We'll literally buy the comics for dummies book. We'll just figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, because I, I love creative writing, hadn't done it forever. And I was already kind of the job that I was doing for the army was good and I liked it, but it wasn't like fulfilling me exactly. Like it mm-hmm. was, there's still more to do and that just wasn't enough. I was kind of looking for other stuff to do. I was already doing volunteer work and just looking for the thing that was going to fulfill me next. And I really liked the idea of writing, especially to, to make stuff with him. Mm hmm. I, just, I thought it would be a good chance to make stuff with my brother. So we, um, I wrote a couple of poems that he sent to art and, um, and then I, like we made a story for, uh, 
as a graduation gift for our, our little sister. We took, like made a little superhero book with her as the main character. And, huh. um, just found little scripts that are in the back of other of like trade paperbacks and things. And and some of those books I mentioned, like how-to books. Andy Schmidt wrote a really great one. The guy that huh. ended up doing comics experience yeah. had a really great book on how to how to make uh, comics and graphic novels. And that was super helpful um, in a way that a lot of the other ones weren't. I thought it was really great. Yeah. Um, we just kind of educated ourselves. And um, while we're going to all conventions and, and all that, I just got the bug, man. I just love the, it felt like music. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I love the lack of theatricality to it that yeah. sometimes see in music circles. Like in, in, um, I mean, I love musicians. Like those are yeah. people I've surrounded myself with my whole life, but there is a, there is an element of ego to it that is, because it's performative, you know, yeah. it's, it's a performance art. So there's an, an element of ego and, and display mm-hmm. um, that is not there at all for comics in my experience. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, you find somebody and now and then that, that wants to be like a, a rock star, but for the most part, it's all about like, L- I just like, love the thing. like who, like, who are you thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you saw somebody's face when I said that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, everyone, everyone has their, their rock star. No, I, you know, I, 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 I'm so fascinated by this because like you're telling the story that is, uh, you know, by the way, one of my, I, I, I knew the story about your, your brother and, and doing that, but it is, I was very excited for you to tell that story because it's one of my favorite, like getting into comic stories because it's oh. so well, altruistic. It's so just like, well, I'm going to do this with my brother and I'm, you know, sort of helping him and, and I wanted to sing and, and you fall in love with it is just like, like such an amazing origin story for comics but getting to the like the music thing i'm so fascinated by that because like i think i've told the story on here before that like i was on a panel once about music and comics and and kieran gillen was on it and they asked like why do you like comics and you know like what is it about comics and how do you relate it to music like what what is it you love about it and and kieran gave this amazing answer that like the crowd was just totally enwrapped with and like you know i'm not going to do it justice but he gave this great story about you know sort of he talked about like david bowie and the transformation and and like being on the stage and becoming something else and it was all very like beautiful and poetic and smart and the crowd like loved it and i loved it but i realized as i was listening to him i was like that's so foreign from my experience with comics and you saying like yeah it's not about ego it's not about these things and i i think at the time i said you know like i i grew up in punk rock like i grew up where you go see your favorite band and then at the end of their set they're like we're looking for a couch to crash on tonight like if anyone and like you all go out to dinner and like you know you they're sleeping on your floor and all this stuff and like there's not a separation between audience and creative and there's nothing and i i love that and i that's how comics always feels to me and like you know i i say to people like if you love movies and your favorite movie director is steven spielberg like you're never going to meet steven spielberg you're never going to meet tom cruise but like if your favorite writer is you know grant morrison like he does three or four cons a year like you just have to wait in line 45 minutes and you can meet him like and then he's probably at the bar after the show and if you want to put in some legwork you can go see him there and there's just like so much more accessibility and some of that people are like well that's the scale of comics and i'm like no it's built into the nature of comics it's a very uh you know, like, uh, it, 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 there's no, there's no pomp to comics. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't put on airs. It's very. Exactly. That's what I meant really. And I, I, the the punk rock thing sounds honestly super refreshing. Like that's, I, um, that is not my experience in music. It's not, I mean, I'm, 
my uh, I come from music academia. You know, I got yeah. I got I have a master's in music, and we're, you're studying to. It's this old <clears throat> this old system where you're you're going to school to learn your craft well enough to get a job playing in a, like a big orchestra and that kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. now and and now military bands are a big enough thing that that's kind of an equivalent thing. Um, yeah. Like you're trying to you're trying to you know get good at the get enough get good enough to play the the excerpt list uh, at a, such a high level that you can win a gig, mm-hmm. and then you you know. It's just a, such a different thing than punk rock or, sure. or so many other kinds of music, and um, and there are certainly people who do both. There, I know, I know, you know, rappers who went to school for um, for music business or for percussion or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they, they they did rapping on the side or dance too. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of crossover, but but not always. And so, to me, there was always this element of, uh, um, I don't know, not. I mean, elitist is too strong of a word, but it's like there's a, in music academia, there is this, there's like a, a tuxedo kind of, kind of feel to it mm-hmm. that is completely absent from the kind of scene that you're talking about with, with, uh, with yeah. that. And so when I discovered comics for the first time, um, I was just so, I just completely fell in love with how um, everyone was just true to themselves. I mean, yeah. there was like, you know what? Like, I'm just, you know, I didn't even put on my nice shirt today. I'm just going to convention. I, I, I love, I love, I love all this shit. I love, you know, I yeah. love DC Marvel comics. This is my favorite character. Maybe I'm in cosplay. I'm, you know, I'm going to eat yeah. nachos and go meet my favorite artist. And yeah. there's no, like all the, all the, you know, the nerds quote unquote, like us who, you know, had to at one point defend why they like this shit or just yeah. kind of hide it. Now that they're, they're just like, you know, Fuck you! I like the Flash, and I yeah. uh, these comics are great. Like I, you know, I love I love Mark Wade's books. I love the books of so and so. I just love how how they just own the things they love, whether or not it's cool. And so, I mean, and a lot of people that make comics are like that too. Like I just love it. I just have no choice yeah. but to make it because it's just in me, and nobody cares about you know. I mean, obviously, everyone want, wants to get paid for what they're doing, but nobody's in it to become you know, the Steven Spielberg of comics, they're just making the thing that they love. And I just love that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember like, I, you know, when I, when I started to get successful in, in comics and like was, you know, I was maybe on X-Men or I, I don't know, remember what I was doing, but like I would go to my local comic shop and, and I'd go there, all, you know, every week or whatever, but they have a lot of staff turnover and a big staff and, you know, people would know who I was. And I remember, you know, like some staff would be like, kind of weirdly timid around me and like you know and 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 sometimes people come up and be like oh you know mr rosenberg and i'd be like don't fucking call him mr <laughs> rosenberg like and i remember just like saying to like a bunch of them like a bunch of the people who worked at the shop i was like hey guys like can we not do any of that like you understand that i worked in a comic shop in this town like four years ago <laughs> like I could be working at a comic shop again in this town in three years and you could have my job in three years. Like it, let's not pretend that there's some sort of class structure to this. Like we're just right. guys hanging out, guys and girls hanging out in a comic shop. Like, what are you reading? What are you into? Like, what should I read? Fucking what you do you do? You do make know? us call you Mr. Rosenberg. Though. That's what, different that, though. Yeah, That's different okay. because I look down on you guys. Oh, no, yeah, it was okay. too mean. I made it too mean. <laughs> you, you made it. And I was like, I could diffuse or I could escalate. And I went escalate. I'm going to cut wrong. out you ejecting mm. from that to where you just say you look down on us. And there's just like a minute of us just being or just quiet. silent. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, yeah, you can, you can, Ethan, you cut back in right here when we say, 
Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, no sorry, worries. Mr. Rosenberg. It won't happen again. Apologies, Mr. No. Rosenberg. Um, that I know you're not going to cut that out because you don't fucking cut anything out. So it's <laughs> not true. It's not true. It is we true. Like a I nice, don't... candid-sounding podcast. I don't know if you cut anything out. I actually we no cut idea. out. We cut out horrendous noises. We cut out things that you guys go. Maybe we should cut that out. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, know if you like, cut anything do, like, out because I've never feel. listened to the podcast, so I have no idea what it sounds like. <laughs> um, do you guys play that song I asked you to play at the start? Sometimes, Ooh. yeah, it's cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds sounds like a great podcast. I'm excited to check it out one day. Uh, well, moving on from the the music thing, I, I I had a bunch of questions about the music, but. Uh, we aren't a music podcast, so fuck that. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's seems, sort of what I wanted to talk like about. I like, up talking about it. Like, it's like the way. I mean, another big part of why I fell in love with it so much is just the the small group jazz kind of feel to it, where yeah. just you change out one person, you, whether it's the you know, whatever inker, letterer, whoever, you change one voice, and the whole group changes. And uh, um, I I could be wrong on this, and please correct me. But I feel like you know you're in you're in the army band, correct? And and um, the you're not involved in writing a lot of music you play, right? Do you write um, a lot of music? I actually am, but I don't okay. have to be. That's not I I write a lot of music for my brass quintet. Okay. Um, I don't I don't write that much stuff for the for the concert band. I've I've written a few features for myself with band. Like uh-huh. for you know trumpet and band or flugelhorn or whatever I did a, I did a trumpet trombone thing once with a friend of mine, yeah. and I wrote I wrote those. But okay. for the most part, I I um I write about half the stuff that we that my brass quintet performs. I'm in a group called the Federal Brass, and uh, a lot of that stuff is mine. But is it- otherwise, no, a lot of it's not. Most of it, like my main like meat potatoes gig is with yeah. the concert band. Not writing that stuff really. Yeah, that's like traditional. Um, it's a big mix. Like our our current boss, um, Colonel Jim Keen, has a has a more um, the, the, what our uh, our performances feel more like a show than they use, like more of a show, less of a concert. There's a I mean it's a concert, but there are there are, are video screens. There's narration. Huh. There's um, we do we have singers that travel with us, and hmm. so there's a fair bit of pop stuff in there, or just things you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like you'll hear a You'll hear a Susan March or something, but you'll also hear, um, whatever a a thing from a from a topical movie or yeah, um, uh, what's another thing like the the Army Strong theme that you hear on TV, like the a lot of those commercials you hear. That's actually us playing that stuff. Oh, um, you got royalties? You got royalties on that? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> um, do the do the people that you work with in those circles know about your work in comics? Do they have interest yeah. in that? Yeah, they okay. do. Yeah, they're, right. they're mostly very cool about it. <laughs> right. Most of them, most of them are great about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just curious. I guess like the the creative of your your meat and potatoes gig where you're playing music put in front of you versus writing like do you feel like those fulfill very different creative lanes or is there cross like do you feel emotionally fulfilled in the same way or honestly my my tastes have leaned um much harder towards writing than than performance and i don't Uh mean just i mean writing music as well because those things last you know they're as lasting as performance is fleeting and i as i've gotten older i've gotten I've, I've got much more rewarding feelings from the stuff that I've written that's out huh. there that other other people are playing or stories that people are reading or you know that artists illustrate. Yeah, 
you know, I, I just, I really love writing, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, or having written, I should, <laughs> should say, as people always say, <laughs> like, I, I love that. Yeah. That's a, a kind of creation that is, I find extremely fulfilling the same with music, but, um, not that I don't still love to, to play music. I do. Um, I guess I'm, I enjoy playing music that I've written more and mm -hmm. more. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's interesting to me. Like I, a thing that's always in my head about creating that comes from music that, that I try and transpose on writing, even though there's not a one-to-one -one and it doesn't really work. But I remember I uh, saw one of my favorite musicians, Ian MacKay, who was in Fugazi and Minor Threat, and all these very influential bands for me, and and is really a pioneer in in, in the, you know independent underground music and punk and hardcore and all these things. Um, I saw him interviewed once, and they were like, and he talked about writing songs versus performing them, and he said, you know, uh, I feel I've always felt this disconnect from a lot of musicians because I know most musicians tour. He's like, most of the musicians I know tour to to pay for the fact that they can go and write an album. And he's right. like, and I write an album so that I can go on tour and play those songs. And he's like, for me, it's in the performance and in that vitality and urgency of performing live. And I've always, like, that's a very romantic idea to me, that it's like the thing that's permanent that we think of as the end game to him was a goal to be like i want to be in the moment and i want to have this urgency to my work and it's definitely addictive yeah to, to perform it if it's going well and it's kind of like it's music that really speaks to you and it matters to you um it's it's a it's a pretty pretty seductive thing to get out there and play music that you care about and have it go awesome and see it resonating with people it's Shh. fucking awesome sure and i i i don't know i i'm always trying to find that in comic books and i don't know what it is but it's like i feel like it's a missing piece for me and i feel like the thing i love about comics and i, I feel like i talk about it too much on the show is just the urgency of comics and like you know if you write a movie you write it and three years later maybe there's a movie maybe there isn't probably there isn't you write a novel <laughs> and you're doing it for fucking a year two years and then it's out a year after that, you know, you and me, like we write stuff and 10 days later, we're seeing pages from it. <laughs> yeah. And a month later, we have a final version of it. And a month after that, everyone has, who's going to read it has read it. And it's just like, there's this amazing urgency that feels like we don't take enough advantage of it. And to me, I'm like, something about that feels like it's almost performing live that it, that we should have this spontaneity to it in comics that, that I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I'm sort of obsessed with it and chasing that. Now, idea. I, I know it's not the same thing, but it's something that gives me that feeling that same kind of jollies that you get from a live performance and seeing it resonate with people mm -hmm. is there's always, I mean, I can't speak for, it's different for every kind of book you do, but right now for, uh, for Superman, like writing mm -hmm. Superman in action comics, um, there's always got to be a scene in there in each issue where Superman says something that's just um, that is just so. It, I'm, I'm trying to find the moment where Superman does something that's so like characteristic of him that makes people mm -hmm. just shake their fist like, yeah, I just want to be that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I want to, I want to be what that is. I want to, I want to make the world awesome. I want to save people. I want to do this amazing thing. Or even if it's just something inspiring. And when those yeah. inspirational moments hit. And people are like sharing the pictures like, yeah, man, this guy fucking gets it. That's that yeah. kind of thing. 
and I can just when I see people getting the chills in real time online, I'm like, that's that's why we do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's a different kind of thing on Hulk right now. It's not because you're not inspired by Hulk. <laughs> well, well, don't but don't you, speak for the you, audience. Some of them might be. Inspired. Well, you do. Hopefully, they have these moments. Of why life. do you think I'm wearing green, Phil? <laughs> there you go. Griffin's I pissed <laughs> all the time. <laughs> not untrue, but he just he just gets me, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for the Hulk book, the moments you're chasing are like those, like, fuck, yeah, that's awesome kind of moments. Like, it's not, it's a different kind of thing. It's more like shaking your fist, like, yeah, I love this. This is so, like, yeah. what the Hulk is. And yeah. actually, that that ties into a, a music thing, too. I'm trying not to belabor this, but it keeps coming up. Um, Thelonious Monk, the great jazz pianist, sure. um, said, revere the melody. And mm-hmm. what he, he's, he's speaking as an improviser. Mm-hmm. And very often, you'll hear somebody improvising a jazz solo where they, like usually they, they play what you call they, they play the head at the beginning, the melody, mm-hmm. and then you improvise over those chords for a certain time. Somebody else in the band will play a solo too and play the head again at the end. Yeah. Um and Monk would always stay pretty close to the melody. And yeah. he would I mean it would gradually kind of spool out from that and become a thing and then kind of come back to it at the end. The melody was always the like the actual it's almost like he's playing the theme and variation as he went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to approach my voice and stuff like that too, like where you just don't ever forget who Superman is. Don't forget who James Bond is, Green yeah. Lantern or Hulk yeah. or whatever you're doing. Remember who this is and what, like what the theme is, mm-hmm. and don't ever stray too far from it. And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Philip Kennedy Johnson. Make sure to check out The Incredible Hulk, Action Comics, and everything else he's working on by giving him a follow on Twitter at Philip K. Johnson. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Where is the poison?